It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Got the super cold. Is that what they're calling it? Oh yeah. I'm sorry that you have the super cold. Although I am pleased for you that it's making you feel special. Ooh, thanks. And uh, it's it's good to be back after a week's hiatus. Mm-hmm. I was working in Oxford all last week, and something terrible happened to me. Oh, okay. I fell down the gap. Oh. <gasps> happened to me <laughs> i know i know i feel like i've mocked you so much over the years over the years relentlessly but again being this this flimsy feeble character who would fall down the gap pathetic I pathetic think is a word yeah that yeah yeah exactly that yeah you fell down the gap yes oh please tell me everything yeah see pride came before a fall down the gap yes for me oh it's a long time coming Here for we years are. for years i have heard that announcement mind the gap mm. and i've secretly thought to myself we know about the gap. <laughs> we don't need you to tell us. Yeah. And then the other evening, I was uh, I was dashing to get a train from London Paddington to Oxford, and I was wearing headphones and looking at my phone. And due to some combination of those two things, I managed to fall down the gap of a between the the the, uh, the edge of the platform and the commuter train yeah. and i went down all on one side and managed to scrape oh, my leg that's what happened to me uh and then sort of haul myself out um, amazingly i'd thrown my phone to safety oh the priorities isn't that, is yeah, that? yeah i that don't know that the- i would have done that if i'd have been carrying a baby for example <laughs> but i really need to get my uh, get, get my uh, phone to safety the the funny thing was I think with you, you needed people to pull you out of the gap, didn't you? Well, I remember no no, no one came to help, but this little old man shuffled over and pulled me out. Mm. Whereas I was just down on one side, so I was able to lift myself up using my upper body strength. I'm amazed that I even had because I can't do a push-up. I can't do one push-up. I think it's a lot like when you hear of these uh, uh, women who gain the superpower of turning over a car because their kid is trapped inside of it. I think that's that's what happened to me because I needed to get back to to my phone. Yeah, (laughs) I wanted to check Twitter. Yeah. So so I, I pull myself out onto the train and then I am in so much pain, but it's a busy train, so I don't want to show any sign of this whatsoever yes, at all. Yes, yes. Now, for context at home, 
if I was to, for example, stand on a piece of Lego, yeah, this sounds that I make, mm-hmm. it, I, I sound. I think you would you'd hear more anguish coming out of me in a situation like that than than if you were the next door neighbours of Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> you listen to some serious rendition, right? Um, and yet somehow I managed to hobble up the uh, the aisle of the train and sit down at a table opposite a guy and because I'm opposite a guy I can't uh, I can't show any pain I can't yelp I can't cry it's too embarrassing you had to pretend it didn't hurt yeah. exactly so and then I break out in this my body gets drenched in sweat mm, mm. which never I'm not a sweaty person really uh, but I get absolutely drenched in sweat and then I have to sit all the way from London to Oxford thinking I wonder if my leg is, uh, I wonder if I'm drenched in blood. I wonder if I'll look down at the end of this journey and I'll be drenched in blood. I wonder if I can't stand up. I wonder if I'm going to have to go to A&E. I wonder if I'll have to have my leg off. What do you think I'll have to have my leg off? <laughs> so I get off the train the other end and it hurts. It takes me a long time to get over the, the bridge at the station. I hobble to a taxi, get to my hotel, look at it. And it's, it's a nasty graze is what it is. It's nasty graze and my leg is all swollen up. And it still hurts now, but it's getting better every day. Okay. That's not to say that I haven't been using it as a, as an excuse for not doing things. Ah, uh, okay. I'm supposed to go to some birthday drinks. <laughs> Just say, I fell down the gap. <laughs> Don't need to say any more. No, pe- people are really quite uh, mm. people are really quite horrified when they find out you've fallen down the gap, aren't they? Because they know you've become feeble-minded. <laughs> As well as a physically maimed. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, I know, I know personally how terrible it is. I remember I, I thought I was going to be sick. I was in so much pain. Yes, but I couldn't yeah. be because it's no. embarrassing. Yeah, I had to lie down on the platform when I got off the train because I felt and people thought I was a drunkard in the morning. Mm. It's very embarrassing. Mm. Still got the scars. Yeah. Well, I just, I just wanted to say to the listeners as well that if, um, if my contributions to this week's podcast <laughs> are a little substandard. <laughs> It's because I've held down the gap. Held down the gap. No. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay, let's hear from our drifters. Firstly, Martha, people have been emailing in about everyday situations that always make them think of something from years ago. Yes. And I've realised I have one. When I was little, my mum would go with her best friend to the British Grand Prix every year. One of these times, she brought back a set of little yellow foam earplugs for me and my sister as a novelty. Up until then, I'd never seen such mind-blowing technology that was seemingly only available to those lucky enough to be involved in the glamorous sport of Formula One. These wax-coloured souvenirs felt so exciting and exotic that I treasured them. In explaining how to carefully squeeze and shape the phone so it would expand perfectly to seal your ear canal, she told us scathingly about a child on a parent's shoulders in front of her at the race that year who wouldn't stop fiddling with his bloody earplugs. The moral of this story being that if you keep touching them, they would become more and less effective. Don't be like this child, she warned. I was determined to never fall into this same trap. 
a lesson that stays with me to this day <laughs> every night without fail i cannot insert my shout out to happy years reusable non-foam life-changing earplugs own nocturnal noise counselors without worrying that i'll knock them or fiddle them too much and somehow the judgment <laughs> of my mum will come crashing down on me because i did it wrong all because of this one time she rolled her eyes at this poor lad Similarly, every time I execute perfect use, I feel a sense of smugness that I'm not like that stupid kid who is now probably (laughs) all grown up, although obviously dealing with long-term hearing damage from the dislodged earplugs that fateful day. That poor kid will never know how much disdain my mother felt for his childish fidgeting or how often he's the last thing I think about before dropping off. It's probably better that way. That's just given me a memory. I, every time I hear somebody sniff a wet sniff if they've got snot in the nose and they mm. sniff instead of blowing the nose i think of waiting to have a piano lesson when i was about eight years old and there was a boy who was in before me who had a cold and he would do these honestly it was real fingers down a down a blackbird's uh, blackbird fingers down a blackbird <laughs> That's a new it's one. quite nice isn't it <laughs> come here little blackbird let me stroke your feathers um your plumage um yeah so if every time i hear a, a wet sniff and Sarah does them, and it drives me insane. I always, without fail, think about that little boy. Really? Yeah. And he doesn't know how often you think about no. him. That's what I love about these. Yeah. That it's... little boy doesn't know that um, she's thinking about him every night when she goes to sleep. Like, it's no idea that person thinks about him. I'm so fast to offer Sarah a hanky. And for years, she thought it was because I'm really helpful. Mm. But it's because I can't abide that sound. Me, yeah, me too, me I'm too. Re- it's just the worst. All because that kid. She doesn't know that you're being passive aggressive. <laughs> no, it came out recently, ah, somewhat recently. Right, right, right. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from Nick, who says, long-time listener, first-time writer. I, like many drifters, had had a hard time finding a decent haircut, but managed after some time to find a really great barber. It was close to my house. They offered coffee when you sit down, hipster art and classic toys on the shelves. All good signs. I gave them a go and had a good haircut from a nice guy with no small talk. Ideal. Went back a few times and had the same experience from the same guy who we'll call number one. The dream. One afternoon after becoming a semi-regular at the shop, I needed a haircut and had some time, so popped in for a trim. A different man to number one was there. Uh, Normally I get cut by gesture to number one's chair, I explained. Oh, he has Tuesdays off, said number two, but I've got some space now if you'd like. I was apprehensive. He wasn't my usual guy, but I did need a cut and I didn't want to disappoint number two by saying no. So I sat down. What an experience. He was a master of the cut. Hair flew from my head with the flicks of his scissors. I'd barely explained what I wanted, but he knew exactly what he was doing and how I'd like it. He was chatty, but not overly so. He asked the right questions, kept it light and spoke to me as if he'd known me for years. When I left, everyone I saw commented on what a great haircut it was and how good I looked. That was it. I had to make number two my new barber. I asked for a card and his name, Ray. I knew that number one didn't work Tuesdays, but Ray did. Easy. Only go in on a Tuesday. After a few weeks, about the time my hair was getting shaggy, it was time to go back. I called up and booked a cut with Ray to guarantee the same experience as before. Nick, 11am, Tuesday. Perfect. Tuesday rolls round and I head to the barbers on time, excited for another great cut and the amazing experience with this haircutting wizard. As I walk through the door, to my utter dismay, Number one turns and greets me with, oh, hi, how are 
how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. Well done on catching me. I normally have Tuesdays off. Oh no, oh no, oh no. I know, I thought. I've got some space now if you're after a cut. Oh no. As he ushered me into his chair, I could see Ray in the end seat checking his watch and his booking sheet. Number one, who was in an unusually chatty mood and telling me all about his holidays and how he needed some more cash, which is why he's working his days off. Ray, I could see, was getting more and more unsettled, checking his watch more and more and asking, where is this guy? Another customer walked in and Ray asked, are you Nick? Oh, sorry, I've got a booking, you'll have to wait. Followed by another customer Uh... with the same conversation and shortly after another as I sank lower and lower (laughs) into my seat. After about 15 minutes, Ray was now pacing up and down saying, where is this guy, Nick? And asking the customers on the sofa if they knew a Nick who'd made a booking (laughs) or if their name sounded like a Nick over the phone. It's at this point, number one stops and says, hey. Oh, no, 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 no. This is terrible. (laughs) I don't think I know your name. What is it? I am sweating and terrified. I can feel Ray's eyes burning into the back of my head as I get ready to say something. Uh, Tim, I blurt out. Tim? says number one. Yes, Tim, I repeat. Well, how didn't I know that? My name is Tim as well, oh, no. exclaims number one. Hey, Ray, we're both called Tim and didn't realise. <laughs> Tim goes on to give me a full in-depth conversation about the name Tim, whether I've always liked the t- name. Am I just Tim or Timothy? Do I meet many other Tims because he doesn't, etc., etc. On and on it seemed to go. As I left, Tim was telling me he was so happy to finally know my name and that he was looking forward to continuing our talk next time oh, no. he saw me while Ray was muttering about this guy, Nick, who <laughs> messed up his bookings. <laughs> I never went back and I'm still looking for a cut <laughs> as good as that first one I got from Ray. Oh, oh that's oh, tremendous. Isn't it? I love that. Oh, please send us uh, your stories. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hambly Bell. Oh, I like that. Hambly Bell. Thank nice. You. Nice. Very nice. Uh, what, uh, what, what were you going to tell us about uh, you and uh, this business about you not being a fully functioning <laughs> adult then? <laughs> Why are you laughing? All this, all this business. <laughs> all this silly business. Yeah. So this is about how I always say goodbye too early and then have to say it again and again <laughs> until spontaneous combustion feels preferable to having to do it even one more time. You don't hear so much about spontaneous combustion anymore, do you? No, it's gone out of fashion. Yeah, do you think it still goes on? I mean, we'd know about it if it did, wouldn't we? Who does PR for it? Yeah, they need to sort it out. They really do, yeah. So the most recent example of this, the saying goodbye thing, not spontaneous combustion, was when I went to pick up my glasses from the opticians. I think I mentioned before about how I'd rather waste an hour of my life having new lenses put into my old frames than have to look vain choosing new frames in front of someone else because I hate that so much. So I dropped the frames off, went to the shops for an hour, got the call to come back. I thought they were just going to hand them over, but they made me wait longer and then they took me into a back room to try out the glasses. So this guy gave them to me along with a laminated sheet with the same sentence in lots of different sizes. So I put the glasses on, looked at the sheet as that's what seemed to be expected of me. But I didn't know which size sentence I should be able to see. Like <laughs> Some were tiny and some were massive. So I said, <laughs> I said, oh, oh, well, they all look very nice. <laughs> in my defence, I was hoping that that would trigger some kind of instruction, but it didn't. So I was then forced to say, and and sorry, what's the smallest one I should be able to see clearly? The man, I'm fairly certain, just pointed at some random one. 
it looked fine. I could read it. So I told him that because I'm now extremely keen to leave. So I put the glasses back in the case and say, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Get up to leave. And I'm heading towards the door of this back room, but he's coming too. So I figure he's just shown me to the door of this back room. So I pass the door and I say bye to him again. And he says goodbye too. So that's good. It's all over. I've got away with two goodbyes. It's not great, but it's bearable. And then he comes with me back into the shop and I realise he's showing me to the shop door. It's like he wants to be sure I'm actually going. This strange person whose reaction to a sight test was, (laughs) oh, well, they all look very nice. (laughs) But surely this is it. He's not going to walk me to my car now. Like, definitely not. So as we get to the door, which is propped open, I feel safe to say my final goodbye. So I turn to him and I say again, thank you, bye. But at the open door, there's, imagine at a swanky nightclub, you're queuing to get in. I know it's hard to imagine. Try really, really hard. At the door, there's that little rope and it has to be unclipped to let you and her out. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but they've got one of those at my opticians. I think it's a COVID thing. Right. Rather than your name's not down, you're not coming in. I think it's a stop overcrowding those famously heaving opticians. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, when I came in, I just ducked under it. And I was very much planning. Limbo. (laughs) Not that way, no. I was very much planning to do the same thing upon exit, but this optician man had other plans to unclip it for me. So at this point, I've said goodbye to him three times. I've now got to stand there while he unclips this rope, opens it, and then stands back to let me pass. And by now, I just want to, you know, preferably spontaneously combust. But my second choice is just to say nothing now and just leave, not have to go through having to say a fourth goodbye. But this is the most effort he's put in so far. Like, I can't just ignore (laughs) the unclipping of the rope. You could argue that he's got three goodbyes and two thank yous in the bank. That's enough. He doesn't need this final one. But I can't do it. I say one more. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. And then I'm free. I wonder if the problem is, is that I'm too eager with the thank you and goodbyes. Other people are more relaxed and judge it's better, like they wait for the, the last possible encounter. But are they just comfortable in that silence? Oh, you're right. It's the silence, isn't it? Yeah. And what else could I possibly fill it with? You don't think he was after a tip, do you? <laughs> you certainly didn't get one. <laughs> Now, before we had that week off, our little hiatus, it wasn't a week off because I was just working away, but um, uh, and Annabelle had the super cold. Mm, mm, super cold, yeah. Um, do you have a super mop at home? Violida super mop? I did. What, you've gone back to a normal mop? Not so super, no, I can't say that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have any more. I've got steam mop. What? Yeah, sorry, I'm showing off. That's why I'm embarrassed. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I've got a steam mop, yeah. Like a kasha? No. Not one of those things you use on your outdoor. I don't understand what a steam mop is. It's a vax. It's like a mop. Right. Imagine a mop head uh, uh, yeah, with, a, yeah. with a steamer stuck on it. What, like you would steam vegetables in? <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a vacuum cleaner. Right. It looks Imagine like a vacuum, vacuum cleaner, cleaner with yeah. a mop head yeah. and steam comes out of it. When I go to your house, it doesn't look like the future, but yeah. you're describing it. I admit it. I bought it and used it three times, but yeah. But we're all mopping every now and again, aren't we? Spillages. I do a lot of hands and knees with the kitchen towel. Okay. A lot of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, what did I should you no mop? idea. I'm completely confused. Oh, yeah, super cold. Oh, yeah, yeah, super cold and you got a super mop. Mm. Um, now, we were off last week and then before that on episode 200... I was saying, what well, we should, should we, we need to get do something for our Patreon supporters um, as as the world returns to 
some kind of normal. It might not be the old normal, but whatever whatever it is. I don't know what you would call it. Mm. They used to say new normal, but that, that feels a bit dated now. Mm. The, new, old, the old new, new normal. New, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a weird sound I just made, Yeah, it? sucking I found it a few times I've inadvertently found myself doing those sorts of things. That's age. Is if, that what it is? If you do more and more of that, you get older. I also hear, hear sometimes when I'm editing podcasts, I can hear do, I do a lot of... Oh. Once again, age. More goes on with the mouth as you get older. Is it, it comes more, noisier. Is it more or less saliva in there? More. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> Patreon supporters. <laughs> yeah. So we, we said we should do some video content. Yep. That should be the next thing. We should get some of that done because we had to pause on everything. Uh, the last thing we did was that wonderful tour of Snaresbrook. Oh, so yes. what should be the next thing? Yeah, yeah. And um, I said, should it be like a Mr. and Mrs., which I think in America they call the match game and maybe in other countries, where Annabelle and I are independently quizzed on each other? Or should we do some kind of come dine with me mm. extravaganza where we entertain each other? Mm-mm. How has the response been? Well, you put it out to people, what would they prefer? And there has been a response. Now, I don't know how many people you'd need to respond to feel confidence in... The data. Yes. But so there is you're a, saying there's been a low turnout. But there, <laughs> there is a clear winner. So is, is this perhaps the, the audience with their silence, mm. our Patreon supporters with their silence, the, mm. the, the drifters... Just giving me the metal, uh, giving me the message. You need to go away and think about something else. Oh, or maybe it's the effort of having. We just we said you'd have to email in. That is something of an effort. Mm, okay, but anyway, I will tell you the winner. Seventy-five percent of people went for one of them, mm. and it is the "Come Dine with Me" one. Right. Alice adds, "You'll need someone to do the voiceover, though." Maybe we can get the actual guy. That'd be good. Wouldn't I it? thought Alice was volunteering. For oh, a maybe, though. maybe. Oh, and also. Just on the subject of the Mr. and Mrs. game, Andrew mm. Evans says, perhaps instead of the Mr. and Mrs. game, you could do a version of the show. I just had to Google to check it actually existed called Three's a Crowd. It was an American show and it had the tagline, who knows a man better, his wife or his secretary. And it's basically Mr. or Mrs. with a man, his wife and his secretary. But he suggested we could do who knows Jeff better, Sarah or Annabelle. Who knows Annabelle better? Tom or Jeff. Mm. Interesting. Maybe for another time. I like that. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't. People don't need to be hearing more from her. Her? Sarah oh, right. at the moment, <laughs> I don't think. Like, we're doing the Succession podcast. I don't want to be inflicting her on the drifters as well. Okay. I don't think it's an infliction, but still. You don't think I'd use her sparingly? No. Okay. Well, uh, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad thought. It's not a bad thought. The, the Partners podcast, of course, was very popular. It was, wasn't it? So there you go. Even though I, I, we were forbidden from ever listening uh, you, to did it. Did you ever hear no, it? No, because me neither. We, we were forbidden I and I respect yeah, boundaries. Me too. Me too. Um, all right. Well, I think we might just leave that open for a couple more weeks so that it's statistically significant. Mm. Because you say 75%. And I think that's a, a, a fraction we could only have reached so quickly with, with, with the with the number of uh, three and one. Yeah, it's the minimum number of it's the minimum number of responses we could have had to yield a result of seventy five percent. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So perhaps we uh, we need to just just see see what comes out in over the next week to ten days. Mm-hmm. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know during the pandemic, people will have missed my many observations about being on a train. Oh, yes. So going to Oxford... Mm. Here's here's uh, here's one that I hadn't experienced before. These trains have the uh, the plug socket for you to plug in your phone or your laptop between you and the person next to you. Underneath on the seat. So I'm built into the side of the seat, so okay. almost between the two of you, but quite low down. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Whereas often it's just on the wall, and if you're you're on the aisle, you have to ask the other person if they'd mind plugging it in for you, which is which is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think anything's got to be better than that. Mm. That's where you're wrong. Oh, right. Because this is like aeroplane-style seating, so it's just two people mm. close together, mm. which is the back of another seat in front of you. So yeah. you've not got very much room anywhere. You're already too close. Mm. And then if I want to plug in my laptop, I became very worried that the sight of a man's hand plunging downwards <laughs> in the direction of somebody else's knee... <laughs> <laughs> could have been misconstrued as predatory. Oh, wow. So I started saying if I was sitting next to a woman, mm. I would just alert her to what was about to happen. Oh. So that she didn't just see my, my hand dart down. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd hold up the plug and go, just going to uh, just gonna plug my laptop in now. Oh. Yeah, you know, like got uh, the dentist with a nervous patient yeah. and they just explain exactly yes, what's happening. yes, yes. That's, I think that's very considerate of you. And, and then I did get to wondering, I wonder if everybody is walking around worrying about that, that people would just assume they're, they're a predator or some kind of sex pest or something like that. A creep. Yes. Mm. Is that normal? I wonder. I do wonder. Before my son was born, I, uh, I've said before that I used to feel very uncomfortable if I was with a friend's kid in a playground and the friend like went off to the ice cream van or something because I, I just thought that everybody in the playground would be looking at me like I was some kind of ab abductor of children or that I shouldn't be in there. There was some bad reason for me being in the playground. And I always thought when I have a child of my own or if I have a child of my own, that that will just live with me constantly. You feel like the interloper in the playground. Yeah, yeah. I, instead of thinking that somebody would look at me and think, oh, look, there's that nice dad with his son. Yeah, yeah. I'd think they'd look at me and think, oh, is that man abducting that child? <laughs> is it a kidnapper? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, remarkably, I haven't had that at all since Jean's been born. However, if I ever go into a children's clothes shop to buy something for him and he's not with me, I instantly revert to the old me and I, I think people are looking at me thinking, What's he doing in here? That's a bit weird. What's that guy up to? He's obviously got some kind of weird fetish about being in a children's clothes shop. Or he's got a kid in the basement. That's <laughs> what he's buying for. Do you really think yeah. that? Yeah. I, I definitely don't think that. Wow. Maybe 
Maybe, maybe that's uh, that's a gendered thing, perhaps. Maybe. Or maybe it's just me, more likely. I'd love to speak to someone who worked in a clothes shop now and say, do you ever see men coming in their own and think that they're... Up to something. Yes. Or do you think, oh, they're just, it's a dad or someone yeah. buying a gift? Yeah. Mm. Now, let me tell you something, something that happened in this house today. So the cleaner was here. Let's just all just sit with the uncomfortable fact that I have a cleaner. Mm-hmm. Some people won't like it. I don't like it, but then I do like it, if you mm, see what I mean. Mm. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable dynamic, but um, I'm, I'm very pleased that I am able to pay somebody uh, a, a, a fair fair to generous amount of money to, to do something and help the economy in that way, whilst ignoring the fact that, is it right that human beings should be having somebody else clear up their filth? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's an uncomfortable thing. And I've talked many times in the podcast about how my interactions with cleaners are, are always kind of through that prism mm-hmm. and, and never go well. Even though I like our cleaner enormously, Karina. Karina the cleaner. Great name. So today something happened. I was in the hall and I watched something unfold. And it was so wonderful because it wasn't me. Karina's in the kitchen. She's doing her stuff. She's very Im- impressive. She's, she's uh, you know, she's lightning fast, very thorough. And when she's in there, you better watch out because she's, she's got a system and she's, she's, she's going for it. At the same time, Sarah is in there making a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a little bit of the kitchen dance. You know, the kitchen dance. Yeah, we we, yeah. we all, all do it if somebody else is trying to do something in the kitchen at the same time as you. I, I witness a bit of this going on. At some point, Sarah needs to reach for a very big knife to slice the bread. It's high up. It's on a draining rack. Karina is doing something in the sink beneath the rack. Sarah picks up the knife, pulls it back, and as she pulls it back, she makes a comedy stabbing motion, like the film Psycho, mm. and then does kind of a <laughs> <laughs> strings from the film Psycho. Right. It's funny, right? You yeah, just laughed. Yeah, yeah. Not funny as it turns out if you don't know the film Psycho. What? So Karina just looks at her. No, no. In in shock. Like, <laughs> what, what, why are you doing this? Like, why are you brandishing this knife in my direction? Terrified. Terrified but also aware that something's going on because there's this kind of <laughs> sound. What would you do in that situation if you were Sarah? Oh, start overly explaining about the film. That's exactly what happened. And do you know what? It was so wonderful to watch and it for, not, for it to not be me. <laughs> it was just great. So then she starts getting into this weird explanation where she's saying the, the film film psycho english isn't karina's first language that that is factoring into it sarah's doing some kind of mime of alfred hitchcock and then karina's like yeah 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 alfred i know know that guy but this film mm. this film no and it, it it goes on for what feels like a lifetime and then it de-escalates and sarah takes a sandwich into the other room <laughs> here's the weirdest part mm. I go in to see Sarah. Mm. It's like nothing's happened. What? What she isn't is agonising about it and strategising <laughs> multiple 
equally ill-fated attempts to to go and try and explain herself further. And if it was you, you'd be also, I know, going onto the internet to buying her a copy. Of, I would, I would. <laughs> of Psycho I'd, to I'd, I'd be on YouTube. I would be on YouTube <laughs> trying to find that scene yeah. from Psycho, yeah. which I would then take over to her. Look, it's a girl in a shower. Yeah, and, and, and she wouldn't like it because, I mean, it's, it would be a weird thing to, for me to be so showing. Weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, it would be like getting in the way of what she was trying. I mean, that's what I would be doing. But mm. to Sarah, it was just wow. like, oh, I had an uncomfortable interaction. I'll move on. It's finished now. What is wrong with these people? thinking about it again. Why? I suspect that probably the year 2031, she won't be going about her everyday business <laughs> and then get a terrible pang about the time she did the psycho thing to the cleaner. Not normal. Not normal at all. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Annabelle? Gareth says, so this is a bit complicated. We've lived in our house for over 10 years. We're friendly with our neighbours, but only say hello now and again if someone's mowing the lawn or a parcel has been left. The first problem is we don't know their names. We should. They live next door after all and they know ours. We know the neighbours on the other side, but we're a bit friendlier with them. How do you admit after a decade that you don't know someone's name? Every time I see them, it's awkward as I try to small talk my way around introductions without using names. That's the first issue. The second is their leaking gutter. It's got a gap in it. And every time it rains, we live in Manchester, it pours out. Come on now, if you look at the statistics. (laughs) It pours out like a waterfall. It wouldn't be a problem, but it's on the corner of their house, close to our bedroom window and makes a very annoying noise if it's raining at night. I mentioned it once, but that was three years ago and it's still not fixed. Do I buy a ladder and fix it myself? Is that too cheeky? They don't seem to care, but it's driving me nuts. Third and final problem isn't really a problem, but I'm very curious. This morning, the man was taken away by the police in a van locked up in the cage in the back. This was quite a shock. We live in an area where this sort of thing doesn't happen. I know that sounds snobby, but we also live in an area where people don't know each other's names. So make of that what you will. Does this police thing mean I should forget about the gutter? I mean, I've no idea what he's been up to. And on that point, how do I find out? Mm. I mean, that for me is thrilling. Imagine seeing your neighbour being put in a cage in the back of a police van. That would be the highlight of my year. (laughs) Wouldn't it be Do you have a particular neighbour in mind that you would like to see that happen to? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) (laughs) En masse, probably. It would be so thrilling and I'd be desperately Googling to find out. I mean, you wouldn't be able to Google it, would you? But I'd be desperate to find out what's going on. All right, the name thing. Okay. I I think you can live without names. I think if you've gone 10 years, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. It'll come up. You'll hear someone shouting his name. You could ask another neighbour, the neighbours you do talk to. You, you'll probably get a parcel delivered at some point. Yeah, That's yeah, how I know all my yeah, neighbours' yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no. I won't worry about that too much. The gutter thing is more pertinent, I think. I find that people's names come and go for me. So there's a fellow who lives next door but one. Sometimes I know his name and then tonight I just can't bring it to mind. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But I'll hear someone mention it and then I'll think, I'll try and remember that and then it'll go again. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't affect me materially. I see him in the street. I say, hey, how are you? Mm. Cold enough for you? <laughs> and then, so, so what do I need the name for? It is awkward if you ever have to give do an introduction, but that's but you, have to, you can get very around unlikely, that. Very get unlikely, around. Yeah, very fine. unlikely. Let's move on to the gutter then, because that would drive me mad. Okay, so what would you do? I'm scared of this man now. Mm. So I'd be very Okay, what wary. about pre and post scare? Okay, pre being scared of him, I would be tempted to say, I'd go around there and say, just so you know, 
as long as it's okay with you, I'm going to get a ladder up the gutter and sort it out. Is that all right with you? Just wanted to check that was all right. What do you think about that? That seems fair, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah I'm not asking them to do anything, but I'm letting, I can't, you can't You're do it. You're almost asking for permission. Exactly. Hoping that it might shame them into doing something themselves. But, mm. but, but, but if not, then you, you know, you can fix it. I, I don't think there's a better solution to that. What That's do you think? That's great. I, I love it. Okay. But post-scare... Hmm. What if the reason has been locked up is because in a previous house someone said, "Can you sort your gutter out?" and he murdered them, and he's only just been found out. I mean, That's what I'm worried seems about. Seems like the most likely mm. chain of events, doesn't it? Because mm. you can't really find out what he's done without a name. Mm. Yes, of course. Oh, now it's even more annoying. He doesn't know their name. Do we? Um, does it specify whether he's a homeowner? Or a renter. No specification. There is a land registry. You could could pay the land registry office to find out who lives there. You could. And then you could cross-reference that with the local court gazettes (laughs) if he's been charged. (laughs) Has he come back? (laughs) It doesn't say. I'm guessing so, yeah. Hmm. What does that mean? I mean, innocent till proven guilty. Of course, yeah. But part of me is thinking... Did they need to put? Did they need to put him in a cage? Okay, it's though? the cage, isn't it? Yeah. Um. To be honest, I think I'd still stick There's, to there the no, plan a. There are no mutual neighbours. There are. There are the more friendly ones on the other side, but you yeah. can't get them to sort it out. Well, that would be my. I think I. I would become like some kind of puppet master trying to engineer a situation where. <laughs> I don't think the gutter's affecting the other people though. So. No, but I mean, extracting the information. Oh, extracting the information. You need some nosy neighbour on your street. Mm. There's a WhatsApp group on my street. Oh, we don't have that. We don't. Have, well, I don't have it because I'm. I, I'm not on WhatsApp, and Sarah oh, yeah. hasn't joined it because she thinks she's in enough WhatsApp groups. Mm. But I feel that that would be a useful way. Of getting bits of. Are you on any of these, like either neighborhood Facebook groups or an app called Next Door? Yes, Next Door. So I'm, I, I just go on that app and lurk on it. I would never post anything on it. But that's insane. I'm telling you, if somebody's done something on your street, mm. there are people talking about it on Next, the Next Door app. If somebody whose skull shape seems suspicious <laughs> to people in our neighborhood, they're posting about it. Really? People whose eyebrows are too close together or something. Right. So. I think there might be wild speculation about the cage. Mm. I mean, it might not be true. Mm-mm. I'm probably having cast as some kind of Hannibal Lecter figure. You could set up an anonymous or a fake account and go on there and say, does anyone know what's going on with, is it, is it anything to do with any neighbourly disputes? <laughs> and find out, you know, what because what, it could just be like sock tax puppet, or something. Sock puppet, is that what they call a sock? I mean, the cage though, the mm, cage. Mm, so just maybe violence. they didn't have a non-caged vehicle. Ah, uh, Maybe. Due to cuts. Maybe he was just going to do um, a lineup, you know, when you have to stand. Pitch- and he'd said, yeah. oh, do you know what? I'll come and do the lineup for you. No problem. But I've always wanted to go in the cage. Oh, I'm sure cage. that's an innocent explanation. Could I have a ride in the cage? Could I do yeah. a ride along in the cage? You know what? In the light of this, I would say, risk it, go around with your ladder. So I'm just going to do this. Is that all right? Fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. And if anything terrible happens, uh, I'm not liable. What an intriguing story, though. Isn't it? I'd like to know more about the... If you the... find out more about it, could you let us know? Because I'm really mm. intrigued. That's how nosy I am. Wow. Okay, should we go on to the next one then? Yes. This is from Zoe Ryan. If it's too bleak, I mean, we're not going to read anything too bleak out no, on the podcast, no, though, but it'd be nice for our own peace of mind, wouldn't it? Right. I have a quandary for Quandary Corner. It's something that's already happened, so I'd be keen to know how to handle this sort of situation in the future. 
My boyfriend booked tickets for us both to a comedy show and it happened to be at the Soho Theatre to see Sarah Barron. I am married to her. You are. We had reserved seats in the middle of the row with some spare seats between us and an older woman sitting by the aisle. After a few minutes, a group of friends arrived and they had happened to put the seats either side of us. They asked us if we didn't mind moving down so they could sit together, meaning we would now sit next to the older woman. We really didn't mind, so we started to move down. But then the older woman started to complain that she thought there was social distancing in the theatre and there is meant to be a gap. Now, it was clear to us when we bought the tickets and when we arrived that this was not the case. But we only moved next to her after that group of friends asked us to. I sort of mumbled that we were not sure about the COVID rules, although we were, and I sort of just pointed towards the group of friends to try and make it clear they had told us to move. After a painful amount of time where the group of friends did sort of notice that this older woman wasn't happy, but didn't really intervene, she moved to a spare set of seats in the row behind us and told the group of friends that she's happy to stay there unless they were reserved by someone else. In the end, we spent the entire time before the show sitting in a sort of a perch position so we were ready to move at a moment's notice should we be asked to move again. Luckily, that did not happen. The older woman was able to stay in the seats in the row behind and we could enjoy Sarah's show. My feeling is the non-drifter thing to do would have been to tell the old woman that there is no social distancing at the theatre and tell the group of friends to stay in the set of seats they had reserved and not cause all these problems. However, that is not the sort of thing I would do. So how should I have handled the situation if something like this comes up in the future? I should have for context that my boyfriend is not a drifter, but English is not his first language. So I have to take the lead in all social situations as people don't always understand his accent. So I can't avoid this sort of thing happening again. And P.S. Despite this drama, we really enjoyed the show. Oh, that's good. To, good. Good to know. Yes. Uh, good to know there's plenty of room to change seats as well. <laughs> they, they put her in the, the big room. Quiet night. Quiet night. She should have been either the top room or the bottom room. Mm. Not that big room. <laughs> well, anyway, there wasn't plenty of seats. So. No, well, um, so I think the thing that I would have done is mumble barely uh, comprehensively uh, and something about, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe, maybe ask the usher. I would palm it off on some kind of authority figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. You don't want to be responsible, do you? No. Could you just not move? If people ask you to move so they can sit together, do you have to move? Here's, here's when that would be difficult. If I had really given a lot of thought to the seats that I wanted to sit in. So at the cinema, mm. I always want an aisle seat so that I can go to the lavatory because I can't get through a film without peeing. Mm-hmm. In the theatre, I want the best possible view. Mm-hmm. On an aeroplane, I like an aisle seat. You know, I, th- I, th- I think about this a lot. And then occasionally on an aeroplane, they'll say, oh, would you mind moving so someone can be with their their, their family? Mm. You can't say no in that situation. No, especially not if it's a small child. But can you, uh, would you mind moving so I can sit with my friend? That I would have a problem with, but I don't know that I would have the backbone to be able to voice voice that. I'm trying to imagine it. It's so hard for me to imagine being in any kind of audience <laughs> out. Um, I think I might be a bit huffy. No, surely not. I'm really closing my eyes trying to place myself in that situation. I'm just so nice as a, as an audience member, mm. either for the performer or for my fellow audience members. I've, you know, some people get sniffy if you if you go past them, if you need to get past them. Oh yeah. So I, I'm not a latecomer. Uh, I am a very hardline, non-latecomer person. Mm-hmm. There was one occasion when I went to see something, 
when um, there's some, something horrendous happened on public transport and I ended up getting to this particular theatre show as the, the, the curtain was going up. To get to our seats, which were in the middle of the row, I had to go past Jennifer Saunders. Oh, and oh my God, she let you know. She, you know, some people are just like, oh, I've got to sort of half stand up to allow someone really? past. Yeah, wouldn't imagine that of her. No, I've always loved her mm. since Girls on Top. Mm. Still do, but it's it's really uh, tainted things slightly. Tainted, just mm. I see her in a different light now. Mm-mm. Maybe as a more three dimensional human being. Yeah, who's just having a bad day. But I, I would never. I would feel like that on the inside. Mm. Think, just get. To theatre on time yeah, yeah, yeah. but I wouldn't show that outwardly all I'd want to do is make somebody else feel comfortable what's wrong with people who just aren't going around all the time thinking about how they can please somebody else and make them feel comfortable I think when it comes to this seat thing I think unless it's a it's a very ridiculous request you just have to do it don't you be like okay I think so I can't think of any way of saying no that doesn't make you seem terrible no, it's it's hard, isn't it? Can't think of any excuses. Or you could say, oh, but my uh, my dear friend, dear departed friend, always sat in this seat, so it's got a very special meaning to me. It's a lie. It sounds like a lie. It is a lie. Mm. I think being able to pull that out of the hat at, <laughs> at, at no notice as well. <laughs> yeah, It'd be hard, wouldn't it? Okay. So I think what we're saying here is there's nothing you could have done, really. No. You, you acted as you should have. I wonder if people then misabuse that, or not misabuse, I wonder if people abuse that power if they know that most reasonable people, when asked to change seat, mm. don't want to, but don't want to cause a fuss. What if they go round like booking themselves crummy seats? Oh. And then saying to the person in the best seats in the house, yeah, you? Oh, you wouldn't mind moving, would yeah. you? I'd just rather sit there. Yeah. Imagine if somebody said to you, You wouldn't mind moving, would you? I'd just rather sit there. What would she say? <laughs> Okay. I'd be so shocked, yeah, so I'd just like, say, oh, okay. All right, then. Yeah. But what was the closest we got to an answer? Ask for the Tom usher. Tom went through this terrible oh, phase on. when we used to go to the cinema. We don't go anymore. But when we used to go, we don't like it. No, we just don't go anymore. He used to do this really annoying thing. is that We'd book a certain seat and then we'd get there and he'd decide that I don't want to sit there. So we'd just move to another random spare seat. But we'd be there early and I'd know full well there would be someone coming along at some point. I'd find it incredibly stressful. Oh, it's the worst. Incredibly the worst, stressful. The worst, the worst. And there was an occasion where they, the person came late and the, the film had started and they made a fuss and they were like, rrr, 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 but we just had to sit there and pretend that we didn't know what was going on. It was horrendous. I think you lose the moral high ground once you're late. Do you think so? I feel better. I often think about that occasion, how awful it was. But yeah, okay. Anyway, well, I, I wouldn't like that. the feeling of sitting in somebody else's seat mm. is horrible. So stressful. I, yeah. hate, I used to hate it. Yeah. Um, did we get did we get an answer? Is Not it the usher, really. the usher? I think the usher will do. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think maybe I don't, check, I don't, check I don't the know. Usher. I don't know actually. Um, is, is there an usher around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Good. Uh, if you have a quandary you would like us to solve, I say I laugh at the word solve there. <laughs> um, then, then please do email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. It's, flo- it's flown by, Annabelle. It? It's flown by. How is your super cold doing? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. That's all right. Well done getting through it. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Thank you. If, if you'd have slumped at some point, mm. 
would you want me to carry on doing the podcast and just get through it and and maybe while I'm talking check your pulse and if if the worst had happened <laughs> launch into some kind of tribute <laughs> or yeah just say the show must go on or or would you rather what, whatever else was the other would you rather do that <laughs> anything else you're about to say that yes okay that. okay okay um I'm glad you, glad you got through it. Just, uh, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that situation in the moment because yeah. you never know how these things will go. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Stories of social ineptitude. Also, uh, those those weird associations that burrow into your brain and stay forever. And quandaries for Quandary Corner. And if you're a Patreon supporter, mm. let's cast, cast your vote on that whole thing. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Oh, that reminds me of something. Sorry. Yep. Looking out on my hand, actually. Oh, just remember something else. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll finish this week by, uh, by, uh, by, by, by saying that Nick? Nick, are you, are you Nick? Are you Nick? Nick, is that you? Does your name sound like Nick? Does anyone know Nick? Nick! Podication time. I popped there. Plosive P. Dear Annabelle and Jeff, I would like to podicate today's episode to my colleague and friend Kate... We both work in a school in Victoria. Did you say Victoria strangely then? Mm, so it's l- lost the i sound. Mm. It's like v- 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 Victoria. Victoria Beckham. Um, Victoria, Australia. And she is a fellow teacher, fellow Londoner. I really thought I might uh, really go for kind of a Mike Reed and run around pronunciation, pronunciation of Londoner then, mm. but I, I chickened out and it just sounded a bit demonic. It was kind of half-hearted. Yeah. That's the trouble. You've got to commit, haven't you? And a fellow drifter. We've worked together for over five years and have shared our excruciating social faux pas and stories from home on a daily basis. And she has made my life a happier one, especially over the last two years as lockdowns and a lack of travel have made home seem even further away. Of course, isn't that lovely that they've, they've... They've got each other. It's nice. To cling to. My prized possession is my mug chat mug that I take to every lesson filled with builder's tea. And this thoughtful gift epitomizes her generosity and kindness. She's moving to a different campus next year that's several hours away, so we won't see each other on a daily basis and I will miss her. She deserves every happiness in the world and I wish her the best of luck. I smile because neither of us will be able to acknowledge this podication when we see each other at work tomorrow because we are both so emotionally stunted. <laughs> Many thanks, Mark. Well, I love that. I mean, I love that it will never be mentioned. Yeah, it's, yeah we, we must never speak of yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a slight awkwardness in, in the meeting the eye for the first time. Yeah. And then, yeah. Is, is, there a, is there a look of recognition there? Mm, don't no, no. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm. I don't want them to move away from each other. No, I know. I mean, neither. I stay together. Yeah. We've been through all this. Mm. I want the band to stay together. Yeah. 
I at least want to know about subsequent reunions. Also, Kate, if you did want to pass on a response to Mark, it would be a very emotionally functional thing for you to do is, 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 is use us as a conduit for that. Hmm. We could be the go-between. Oh, do you mean a reciprocal podication? Exactly, or, or anything, if you like, any kind of reply mm. to to what Mark said that you feel too uncomfortable to say to his face, you can say it to us. Yeah. And we can be, we can be, as I say, the conduit. And you may never have to speak, speak to each other again about these things. I love it. Well, congr- I mean, congratulations on the move to another com- campus, but I can't help yeah. but feel a bit sad about yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm really pleased you found each other. It's only a few hours. That's all. Yeah. Which is, especially when you're on the other side of the world, it's not much. No, could be worse. Okay. All right, there we go. Latest edition of Podication. Sorry. Uh, latest edition of the podcast, Podicated from Mark to Kate. If you would like a Podication, email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. 